This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hi, I'm Nyla Boodoo, and welcome to Axios Recap, where we dig into one big story. It's Thursday, October 14th, and we're focused on Snapchat's civic engagement. Last week, Snapchat launched a new module called Run for Office Mini that helps young people run for local political office. And so far, more than 2 million Snapchat users have already engaged with the platform. Another 46,000 have already nominated a friend to run for a local political office. Could this inspire the next generation of politicians? In a moment, Axios' Alexi McCammond on civic engagement for the Snapchat generation. And we're joined now by Axios' political reporter, Alexi McCammond, who's been reporting on why Snapchat is entering the realm of civic engagement. Hey, Alexi. Hey, how are you? Great. Alexi, how does this Young Candidates Project with Snapchat work? So it's called Run for Office Mini, and it's a module that you can use when you're in the Snapchat app. And it basically is pretty simple from there. You put in your zip code and then you can pick up to five issues that you care about from a list of about 30 to kind of get a sense of what types of local office might align with your interests and are available to you. So then you get a list of those things in your area that you can sign up for. Everything from like local school board to city council and mayor. It's all local, no federal positions, but it really just gets young people engaged, not just to get them kind of politically minded, but to go a step further. Snapchat says that they know that these young people are thinking about politics and engaging with politics, but now they're trying to get them to go one step further and actually do something about it beyond voting. So this was just rolled out last week. How has it gone? When I talked with Snap officials, they tell me that it's going really well. They've had nearly 2 million Snapchat users who have engaged with this run for office module. So that could be as simple as literally just opening it to going through and filling out all those things that I told you. But the big thing is that they said that they have had more than 24,000 Snapchat users express interest in working with one of their partner organizations to actually start exploring running for office. Who are the partner organizations? Who are they working with? So they're working with, I believe, 10 different partner organizations. Those are specifically for recruiting candidates. And those are across the ideological spectrum, also to get a host of different candidates in terms of their bios and demographics. So they're working with a group called Run for Something, which is a big, pretty well-known organization that works to specifically recruit young progressive candidates to run for local office. They've been around for a number of years. They have a counterpart called Run Gen Z, and they specifically work to recruit young conservatives. They're part of this initiative. There's another one that's pretty well known in the political space called New American Leaders, and they work to get young immigrants to run for office. Alexei, what do we know about when, I mean, the use of this isn't for federal office, but when we look at the realm of people who are holding political office around the country, I imagine most of them are not 18 to 34-year-olds. 
Yeah, that's right. A lot of them don't fall into that demographic. We have seen upticks in millennial candidates running for office. That doesn't necessarily mean they've been successful, but we've seen more and more over the years throwing their hat in the ring. That's especially true even for 2022. There's been some reporting around millennial candidates jumping in the ring for U.S. Senate. So that's a trend to watch moving forward. But this is definitely something that at least Snap claims their users, those 18 to 34 year olds, haven't really been represented in. And that's part of this push. They want the so-called Snapchat generation to be better represented in the government that serves them. Let's assume the Snapchat generation is somewhat homogenous, which I'm not sure is a correct assumption. But what are some of the issues that are being expressed? Like you said that people can go through and check issues that they're interested in. What do we know about what engages this generation? Of those nearly 2 million SNAP users who I mentioned engaged with this run for office module, the top five issues that they indicated they cared about were civil rights, education, the environment, healthcare, and jobs. So that's a pretty wide range of issues, but there are a couple of things missing from that top five, of course. I think of something like infrastructure, which we are hearing a lot about, especially coming out of Washington and those who hold federal office. But that's not necessarily something that's engaging and inspiring and motivating this new generation of folks who might want to run for local office. So I think that's one interesting thing that I took away from, from that data. So, Alexei, how much do you think this run for office mini module on Snapchat builds on political engagement we've already seen within the app? I'm thinking especially during the 2020 election. To Snap's credit, tech companies, as you know well, get a lot of criticism and flack for the harm that that critics say they cause to democracy, especially around elections. We've seen that in the last few weeks alone with this Facebook whistleblower. But Snapchat has really dedicated itself to getting its users steeped in civic engagement that goes beyond whatever is happening online. I think back to a couple of cycles ago when they registered over a million voters through their app. That was one really big initiative and kind of marker that the company put down in terms of what they could accomplish with civic engagement and getting their users to go beyond just posting or sharing things online. Now we see this is really kind of a natural progression of that uh, civic engagement engagement that the company is hoping to do. They're launching these new partnerships. They're getting people to run for office. And they're really building on, as I kind of mentioned earlier, not just getting their engaged users to vote, but now that they know that they're registered to vote and they're voting, what can they do beyond that? It's interesting to me, you bring up tech companies. Obviously, tech companies have been pilloried for the misinformation that has been spread is that same thing true of Snapchat? And when you think about misinformation through an app, what is Snapchat doing on that front? Because that's also part of civic engagement, right? Like having the correct information about society. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I know one step that Snapchat had taken previously was among the first to do so was removing Donald Trump's content from their platform before it was not the popular thing to do, but something that other tech companies were doing, as we know Twitter has done since. But they made that decision pretty early on while they were also trying to be clearly nonpartisan. I think that's something that has also given Snapchat credibility in this space. They don't lean one way or the other. They don't allow misinformation and disinformation to proliferate and spread on their site. Also, because the way that the app is designed, it doesn't have the same 
sort of feed where those things can take on a life of their own and spread with their own will. These things are curated by Snapchat officials, these kind of stories and explore page that offers content. But more than that, it's really just like a peer-to-peer organization. So I think the design helps, but they've also really been serious about not allowing misinformation, disinformation to spread. Donald Trump's account being the biggest and earliest example of that. What are people in the political realm telling you about what they think of this effort by Snapchat? You know, you look around the country and you see some secretaries of state, including even Republican secretaries of state, pushing this module to their constituents through local press interviews they've done in recent days on TV and otherwise. So it's really seemingly something that's been catching on, not just with those nearly two million users, but with elected officials at the state level across the country. And, you know, these partner organizations work with young state level elected officials who are talking to constituents every day. So I think it'll be interesting to follow. It's still really early, but so far, I mean, and also the thing to note is Snapchat has a pretty good relationship with folks on the Hill. They've been doing partnerships with lawmakers in Congress and the U.S. Senate even before this. So they have a presence that I think will help them in their efforts moving forward. And I know it's very early, but do we have demographic information about the people who have signed up and indicated they're interested in running for office? Well, Snapchat claims to reach like 90 percent of 18 to 34 year olds in the U.S. And while new data is coming out later this week because they're constantly kind of monitoring what's going on, we do have some updates from some of the partner organizations. Their executive directors and founders have been posting pretty excitedly on Twitter the last few days to to share what they know. So run for something. We can take this one example, which, again, is for recruiting young progressive candidates said that more than 4,000 people who signed up with their partner organization specifically through the Snapchat app, about 34% were between the ages of 14 to 21, 51% were between 22 to 31, 28% identify as LGBTQIA+, and 38% identify as people of color. So that's just one snapshot from one organization, but I think it gives a sense of sort of the diversity so far of the candidates who are popping up. And one thing I'll say also for clarity, in these stats, she said that 34% are between 14 and 21. The module is actually available to people who are too young to vote in the hopes that they would either nominate someone who is old enough to run for office or share it with someone they know who can vote to get them engaged because the idea is that these users can nominate friends also. Alexia, what are you watching next in the space as we think about the role different tech companies are playing, particularly in civic engagement, as we approach the midterm elections? I'll be really curious to see whether and how young conservatives are signing up through this app and and especially the type of political profile that these young conservatives who sign up through Snapchat have. You know, they are coming so far, we know, from places like Texas, Florida, Ohio, California, North Carolina, Pennsylvania. But we also see how a lot of the Republican candidates cropping up on the federal level are following this kind of MAGA Trump mold. I'd be curious to see if young conservatives are, you know, deviating from that at all, or if we're going to see that trend continue through those candidates, too. Axios political reporter Alexi McCammon. Thank you, Alexi. Thank you so much. Here's what we're watching today. NFL head coach John Gruden resigned earlier this week from his job with the Las Vegas Raiders after a long trail of controversial emails surfaced. 
You can hear lots more about that tomorrow on our morning podcast, Axios Today. And we're done. I'm Nyla Boodoo. Thanks for listening. Stay safe. And we're back tomorrow with another Axios Recap.